2: The NBA is back.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this left on?
2: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else is history still in the making? The NBA only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Support for Ramstalk Radio comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag where you don't want it to nick or snag. It's also waterproof, so you can take it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes it the perfect gift for this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the trimmer on your face if you're using it down below. Come on, guys. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Anti-Chafing Deodorant and Moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why would you not put it on the smelliest part of your body? I mean, come on, guys. We all know. And... These products, man, they smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if, if you know what we mean. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer, boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance, anti-chafing boxer brief. Tis a, ski, tis a season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, your boyfriend, whoever you want the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. And best of all, with our promo code, BIGHEADS, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, guys. You'll thank us later for this one.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that Mm We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Butting Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm a writer for USA Today's Rams Wire. With me, as always, is Johnny Gomez, managing editor at ramstalk.com. Johnny, we're back. We finally won a game again. It felt like so long because of our bye week. How's it going? You
3: know what, man? It, it's, it's feeling pretty good after that victory. I know... That the Chicago Bears aren't the same Chicago Bears team that the Rams played last year, but this was not a team to take very lightly. And evidence was this game. It was it was a, a hard fought game as we were both expecting. And I, I'm just I'm, I'm elated of, as to you know how the Rams were able to win this game. And uh, I, I have to pat myself on the back there because I said the team that gets scores two touchdowns. Will be the team that wins, and that so happens to be the case.
1: I didn't think we'd score two touchdowns. I predicted us to lose as a result. And hey, I'm always happy to be wrong when it comes to getting happy the Rams victory. to victory. What would you say? I'm happy for you to be wrong too. Yeah, you know what? I can I can handle it when I'm wrong. It's all good. Uh, and of course, guys, uh, please don't forget like, subscribe, give us a five star review wherever you're listening to our podcast. We're everywhere. Uh, if, if we're not somewhere and you want us there, let us know and we'll get there. And of course, check out our other shows on the feed Rams talk radio and Rams uncensored and rampage radio. Uh, also I am in a new location for my recording and I have a little bit of an echo. I believe I will figure that out later, but I don't know what the best spot is to record in this apartment right now. So we're going to echo it up. You're going to hear my beautiful voice twice. Uh, but yeah, dude, let's talk about this game, 17-7, to uh, the Rams win, and look, NBC, man, Sunday Night Football, they never should put the Rams and Bears on in a Sunday Night Football game again. Let's just start with that, because this is two years in a row now that these two teams produced the shittiest game to watch, just two, last year it was okay a little bit, because you had to, you know, the Bears' offense wasn't great, but they weren't this bad last year. The Rams' offense was great, so you kind of respected the defensive performance of the Bears in that game. Uh, and the Rams, to a certain extent, as well. But it was more of an impressive and statement game from the Bears when they took us down last year. But this year, the expectations for these offenses going into the game were low. And boy, did they live up to expectations. Not a ton of yards in this game— by either side but like before we get into it and obviously there's a lot of good stuff for the Rams this game there's some not so great stuff but it's a win but like come on man they got to stop airing this game on Sunday Night Football
3: yeah it's not ideal game that you want to see on prime time but to tell you the truth I'm kind of one of the few people that appreciates a good defensive game albeit that the offenses are you know really not there but I have to say I enjoyed watching a defensive matchup. I'd much rather have like a you know, a game that has defense as opposed to a game that has no defense. Um but I would still like to see at least some form of offense, which there was very few and far in between in this game. So I get what you're saying, but I, I also love defense, so
1: but like humor me there. But like tonight, like this game I think it was a great defensive performance by the Rams, I, I guess, but, like, do we even consider this a, a great defensive performance for the Bears? Uh, I mean, first play of the game, they forced a fumble by, on Anta Gurley. That was an excellent play. Kudos to them. But other than that, like, not a ton to write home about Bears defense-wise. The interception uh, was handed to them they should have had two but Kyle Fuller dropped what probably would have been a pick 6. I don't know, man. I feel like offensively if we were a little sharper, we would have scored a lot more points in this game and we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times and took points off the board. Uh I I wouldn't necessarily say that Bears defense played bad in this game, but like they didn't play that great. No, I
3: hear what you're saying, and and to an extent you're absolutely correct because, you know, there's a reason why the Rams didn't play that well. And it oddly enough, wasn't because of the offensive line, which we'll get to later. Uh, it was primarily because they were actually short of weapons. Yeah. that That's something I wasn't expecting to say this year at all. And, you know, this is... We we knew going into this game that Brandon Cooks was not going to be a factor, uh, which was unfortunate, and that is never easy to replace a Brandon Cooks. But then, like literally hours before the game, we find out that Robert Woods is not being involved in this game either for undisclosed reasons. So all we know is really it was a personal matter. And that just sucks at that point because then – You know Cooper Cup, who's supposed to be your, you know, your slot guy, is now your your number one receiver. Which you know Cooper Cup can certainly be a number one receiver, but when you have weapons like Cooks and Woods gone, that's just that's hard to replace. Then you have Reynolds, who's basically your number two guy, and then behind that you have to rely on guys like Mike Thomas who had a catch and then had a disappointing drop.
1: <laughs> His first catch since 2017 he had in this game. Yikes. Yeah,
3: so that says that says a lot right there. So I, I have to say that for as many weapons that were missing in this game, I have to give kudos to the Rams offense for, you know, even – you know, showing as much promise as they did against a, I would say, a tough Bears defense, even though they didn't show up like they normally do. Uh, but that being said, I, you can't you can't take away from the Bears. They are a talented defense, whether or not they show up or not.
1: Right. And it, it was the, the the team. You got to give them credit for adapting to not having uh, Robert Woods, uh, who. It seems like it's a, a serious personal issue he's going to get all the time he needs and as he should uh things are more important than football but you don't have him you toss Michael Thomas in there and he really doesn't do much of anything he does not play very well but they adapt and they switch it up they're literally running offensive schemes that we haven't really seen under Sean McVay and that's that's just something we've I think after the Super Bowl last year, that's something everyone wanted to see out of this team, and we finally got it. I mean, Johnny Munt played over fifty percent of the snaps in this game. It, he was he was lining up all over the place. Uh, he he played a lot of fullback. Uh, they really uh, last week Todd Gurley. Everyone talked about it. Twelve carries, seventy three yards. It was like his best game of the year. And everyone said he didn't get the ball enough. Well, Sean McVay heard us loud and clear. He was lining up fullbacks. I, I was i was actually wrong. I said Johnny Mell played, what, 55%? He played 69% of the snaps in this game. And Tyler Higbee played 76% of them, which means they were on the field together a lot. Gerald Everett only played 14 snaps, 25% of the snaps. Um, the Rams, they made it a point to come out and run the ball and I will give both McVay and Gurley credit, too. He fumbles on the first play. Uh, you hate to see it, but, like, shit happens, man. It was a nice force, force out by the defense. You fumble, you move on. And, boy, did they move on. Gurley just shoves it down the, the bear's throat on the next drive. Kudos to McVay for, for keeping his trust in his guy there. Uh, kudos to Gurley for not not getting you know unsettled by that fumble and just keeps doing what he's doing. And I believe that was a drive that ended in the Jerrochoff pick, which was a, a miserable interception. And uh, we were in field goal range; That was points on the board. There was absolutely no reason to throw that pass. But we finally got the game where the Rams just gave Top Gurley the shitload, the ball a shitload of times. Some it, it got slowed down a little bit later in the game, but overall, man, it was a great performance, and I commend uh, Gurley for running as hard as he did. Uh, and I commend mcVeigh for uh, you know going with these schemes and actually sticking to it and committing to running the ball like he did in this game because he loves to not run the football. and for him to only throw the ball eighteen times in this game, uh, it was exactly what we needed to get this victory, considering the receivers that were out, the team that we we're playing, and the quarterback that we're playing with right now.
3: yeah, absolutely the uh, as far as as far as McVeigh goes, I I was really panicked when when I saw that girly fumbles on the first drive. I was like, that just means that McVeigh's gonna, you know, pass the ball for like seventy times in this game, you know. I was just so worried that, that we're gonna go back into this cycle of, you know, just pass, pass, pass and you know, with Jared Goff not being golf like this year, it. It just made me worried that this was going to be a long game, and uh, like you said, kudos to McVay for sticking with the run because let's be honest, it's not easy to stick to something when it, things don't go your way right away. So, um, and then you know, Gurley too, he he kept at it, and even he made a comment after the game saying that he felt like the old Todd Gurley. You know, the knees didn't bother him. And it was very clear that the knees weren't bothering him because, I mean, he he got up every time. You know, he was running through. He wasn't just kind of going through the motions. He he looked like old school Todd Gurley, which is something that we sincerely missed. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, how it looked like he was trying to emerge into the old school Todd Gurley and you know, it's hard for any running back to get in a rhythm, especially if you're so used to being a bell cow. And then at the end of the day, you only have like, you know, 12 carries in a game. That's, it's hard, especially for a running back like Todd Gurley, because he is that type of running back where you need to get into a rhythm to get to establish some sort of dominance. And I'm, thinking a lot of teams in the league are starting to see that and it's not even just the rams like uh, a good example of that is uh the team just down the road the los angeles chargers they uh are trying to find a, a balance there with uh, eckler and, and and uh ingram um, gordon gordon i'm sorry wrong I said wrong wrong melvin wrong melvin, wrong melvin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so there you go you you have uh you know, teams like that—it's—it's it's becoming a struggle because now you are devalue you—you're you're devaluing the the running back position, but at the same time you have these so many talented running backs that you can't really properly use because you're not giving them a chance to get into that flow. So I'm thinking we're starting to see the negative sides of going by committee, uh, unless you absolutely have to when you have nothing but you know terrible running backs. But in, in this case, you have what could potentially be one of the best running backs in the league in Todd Gurley. And we saw proof of that, you know, this past Sunday. So uh, I, I was extremely happy with what I saw of Todd Gurley. And I hope that we continue to do that because it's very obvious that's the way the Rams offense is structured. It is to run the football. And then also it's supposed to be complemented with a – really talented passing attack. And I think once we get that balance, that balance that we had last season and for whatever reason has been lacking this season, this is going to be a scary offense. Once again,
1: I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get the, the Todd Gurley we had last season, this season, in terms of the usage, the production, the whole nine yards, but the Todd Gurley we had last night and have had for the last two weeks you, you feed that guy, and you can win with him. And the, with the way Jared Goff is playing right now, you you turn this into a Todd Gurley-centered offense. And we saw it last night when it was the play that called got called back uh, due to a legal formation, which, like, I mean, fucking come on, man. But the play where we ran a play action, and Josh Reynolds got freed up deep, and we threw a long ball, and we scored a touchdown off of it. That's what you want of play action and we've been one of the worst play action teams in the league this year because nobody believes it because we're not running the ball and when we are we haven't been doing it really efficiently at all because a lot of a lot a part of the reason was a lot of things you mentioned about not letting Gurley get into a rhythm this game we come out the the second player to touch the ball in this game was mike thomas on the rams offensive side of the ball and it was on like the third possession we just fed Gurley. we fed the bears defense a little bit as well early in the game but we weren't doing that we were getting girl the ball man and it looked great and it was uh it was awesome to see in that regard um, let's take a quick break here and then keep talking Alright, so we credited Gurley a lot, we credited McVeigh a lot, but we have to talk about our offensive line and in particular our our new Lord and Savior, uh Bobby Evans, Chris Collinsworth's favorite player in the NFL after this week, I think. Um if you've been listening to this podcast, if you follow me on Twitter, if you've read my writing this year, but the last 11 weeks, all I've been doing really is shitting on the Rams' offensive line because they've deserved it, because they've been terrible, because the people who put this line together and trusted it did not do a good job. And then we come into this game without three starters, including Joe Oboom, Obviously, Brian Allen, Rob Havenstein uh, are the fresh injuries. And we're just praying for Jared Goff's help. And in we put in Austin Corbett at guard. Austin Bly slides to center. Bobby Evans comes in to tackle. David Edwards at right guard. And Jared Goff doesn't get sacked. It's the best performance from the offensive line we've had all year. Uh, I don't even think it's particularly close in that regard. Uh, I mean, this was the game that they needed to have all around. And, my God, man, Bobby Evans played great, matched up against Khalil Mack. I mean, did not look like a guy who had – Played three snaps all year. This was the best game we've had from a right tackle all season. And that's, yes, that's me throwing shade. Uh, I'll do it in the light, too. Bobby Evans looked better last night than Rob Havenstein has all year and should probably keep that job moving forward. Uh, it was just awesome to see an even bigger picture, which might be a topic for another conversation or another podcast, we drafted two mid-round picks last year, Brian Allen and Joe Noteboom. We trusted them to be starters in this line. It did not work out so far. Uh, Allen, I don't think, is going to work out. Noteboom, I think I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if he wasn't starting somewhere on the offensive line last year. And you kind of had this dilemma that Whitworth's in a contract year, Blythe in a contract year. Uh, Havenstein was terrible. And not in a contract year. You kind of wish he would have been with the way he was playing. And you were kind of screwed at offensive line. You didn't have a lot of money. You probably had to run it back with Allen and Noteboom and Havenstein. But now, if this is real with Bobby Evans, and I think we have enough evidence to know that it's real with David Edwards, that he's going to be a decent guard, um, things change. Things change. You have a lot more hope for the offensive line both this year and and in the future, if you can get – if Bobby Evans and David Edwards on that right side are real starters. And after this week, it feels like they are. Uh, I don't want to crown Bobby Evans after one game, but, like, it feels great to finally heap some praise on this offensive line because they finally deserve it uh, after weeks of being terrible. They got some fresh blood in there. Uh, I didn't notice a lot from Austin Corbett, but – when it comes to offensive line, and especially for the Rams this year, that's a good thing. Uh, but what <laughs> I kind of ran it a lot there, but I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on these guys.
3: Uh, I mean, you pretty much said it all there. I mean, the uh, Bobby Evans looked more than fantastic in this game, and I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if I want to crown him just yet. It is only one game, and. While he played very impressive against a very tough matchup against Khalil Mack, you know, Khalil Mack, whether or not he's the same Khalil Mack as last year is beside the point. This guy is someone that disrupts offenses and does it consistently. So I, I have to give kudos to Bobby Evans there. You know, David Edwards has far past surpassed expectations, which is Really odd, considering both Evans and Edwards look like shit in preseason. I'm just gonna yeah, say it; like, they really look terrible. Uh, it, it was to the point where both these guys, at one point during the season, were inactive.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: How how is that possible? You know, considering how much the offensive line has struggled during the regular season. How is it possible that these guys, uh, maybe all they needed was, was a little bit of coaching, which I guess helps for sure. But it's like these are totally different players that we've seen in the preseason. And I don't know, man. Like uh, You made that comment about re- replacing uh, Evans with, with Havenstein i'm all for it honestly i i see absolutely no reason why you need to bring back havenstein if bobby evans is playing like that i think that's just that i think that would be like the worst decision to make the only reason i see them doing that is because we're paying havenstein a boatload of money like there's that's one of the biggest mistakes i would say that we've made in terms of investments in players
1: uh, which i i don't i don't agree with that because he he looked fine at the time we extended him and he looked really good last year uh and when you're talking about mistakes we've made about extending players uh Les has had much worse extensions than that i point to taylon austin obviously <laughs> but even active players Uh, with the way Everett is playing, the Tyler Higbee extension was bad at the time, and I think it still looks pretty bad. Uh, But anyways, I I just had to (laughs) butt heads with you a little there.
3: I'm not going to say it's the worst extension. I'm saying it's one of them because—
1: aged it's aged poorly this year with how he's playing.
3: Yes. uh, It's in hindsight you're absolutely right, because at the time it did seem like the right thing to do because— for whatever reason this year he just has fallen off the face of the earth. It's like Bobby Evans basically took all of Rob Havenstein's talent and matched it with his. And basically we got preseason Bobby Evans and Rob Havenstein. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know how that happens. Like I I don't know what happened there, but yeah, I, I'm not in a hurry to get back Rob Havenstein if Bobby Evans continues to play like this. As for Austin Corbett, um, I, you know, he did okay. I'll take him over Jamel Demby, that's for sure. Um, yeah, not nothing much to say other than that. I don't, my only issue now is what the hell do we do with Rob Havenstein? Because he's not a guy that you can just move over
1: to guard. You don't it think so? I I think that no. is uh I think that'll be a consideration, but I like I I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm an expert on Rob Havenstein's career and whatnot. So I have no idea if he can play guard, but I don't I think you put him yeah. at I s I don't think you put him at tackle. He was supposed to move to <laughs> he He was supposed to move to guard uh if you recall, Johnny in 2017, when we signed Andrew Whitworth, because Greg Robinson would be sliding over to right tackle. Oh and boy. It, and Havenstein would be playing guard. So it's not as if they've never considered playing him at guard. But I just, I don't think you can put him back at tackle unless Evans just completely shits the bed, uh, next week in a game that I'm assuming he's going to start. Uh, cause they're gonna, no need to rush Havenstein back now. And I think, you're better off taking Corbett out than you are Evans, for sure, in that regard. Uh, but either way, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I think, like, he's got that contract, but the money's not enormous. It's where, like, I think you can move that contract at the end of the year if you needed to, or y- you keep him on the bench, and then next season he takes over potentially a left tackle for, for Witt. Oof. Yeah.
3: I don't know oh man I think, I think I have to check my heart
1: rate there yeah, Did yeah you we'll just... see players but should slump again... sometime man too you never know this might just be a season thing this might be the end of his career but who knows
3: yeah hopefully it's as you say it's just uh, it's just you know him having a slump year it, it happens hopefully that's it but we shall see I wouldn't be in favor of replacing him still just because I don't I don't see why you would do that if Bobby Evans is playing like he does. However, the offensive line will truly be tested this upcoming Monday, but we'll get to that a little bit later.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, 45 minutes ago, recording this Monday night, uh, Joe McVay said – or the Rams website put out an article – Brandon Cooks expected to play this week. Rob Havenstein probably going to be doubtful, but McVay wouldn't make any commitments. He was just saying right now he feels doubtful. So uh, awesome if we get Cooks back. If we don't get Havenstein back, <laughs> awesome. Uh, <to> be, <laughs> I hate to say it, but to be honest, uh, I definitely want to give Bobby Evans another spot and see if this was just uh, a Jonas Gray moment. So to say or if it's or if it's a real thing, um, let's 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 talk about Jared and how he played in this game. so um, what, one thing to, to finish off on the opposite line. now I remember what my last thought was. I want to see how everyone plays in a game where you have to throw the ball more than eighteen times because yes, it's great that Goff didn't get sacked, but he only dropped back to pass eighteen times. Uh, so I, I would definitely like to see it in a, in a different situation where we're passing the ball a little bit more, but you can't act like just cause they weren't passing doesn't mean they were great in run protection. Like this wasn't the, one of the better running performances of the year since week one, uh, when we, we kind of had a, had our way with it against Carolina. So kudos to them. But Jared Goff in this game, he nailed Cooper cup on that deep pass uh and honestly Cup had to slow up a little bit but hey it's a touchdown not gonna knock him he nailed robert wood or sorry josh reynolds on that would be touchdown uh he threw a great ball to mike thomas uh where on the play where he dropped it it was a tough catch for thomas to make but uh you got to think one of our top four receivers makes that catch but other than that man not great I mentioned the interception. It was, te- it was a terrible decision and just something he needs to stop doing. Uh, the- there was no reason to throw that pass. He's, Josh Reynolds is not open. Uh, and two players might have been able to pick that pass off and he's out of the pocket. It was second down. Just dump it out of bounds and live to play another play. I don't know why he makes that pass. Uh, the play where Mike Thomas slipped. He slipped partly because it was a bad ball, and B that should have been a pick six, and we got a lucky break there. Uh, I don't, I don't know why he's throwing these balls, man. And he doesn't have to. A lot of his completions in this game, he was 11 for 18. A couple of them came off of screen passes. Uh, there's just no. He he had the best protection he had in this game. He's getting the ball out quicker. I'll give him to that, but they weren't good balls. And I don't know, man. If the line continues to play like this, he has no excuses anymore. And it's, it's on him. I know he didn't have his, his weapons. Uh, he had a limited receiving core, but like, look, man, at some point we're 11 weeks into the season and you can blame the line as long as you want. It seems like they're finally starting to figure it out. It seems like the running game is starting to figure it out. And this is, this is the end of the road for excuses. If he has another bad game next week while we're having a good running performance and a good, performance up front then you really need to start questioning that contract I mean I know it's already aged a little poorly but I stand by the decision to pay him I think it was the right call uh he's he clearly was a good quarterback last year he if it's time to find out if he's truly regressed. If the Alton line can give him some protection which they have been so we'll see what happens moving forward but a lot of people are applauding him after this performance and I'm, I'm not gonna do it I don't know how you feel
3: I'm not exactly applauding him. I'm not jumping up and down about what I saw yesterday. It, it was an okay performance. If Let's put it this way. If Jared Goff had this type of performance last year, this would have been a terrible game for him. That's saying a lot because we're we're saying that this is one of his better performances this year which is disappointing. That being said, I have to say one of the reasons why I'm starting to have a little bit more hope in golf than if you were to ask me the previous pretty much any of the previous weeks except for, you know, against the Falcons or the Bengals is uh is because we're starting to I think the Rams are starting to finally find that formula that they really need in terms of getting this offense going, you know, and and it stems from being able to run the football. And I think once you have that in play, you're going to see better throws, better plays from Jared Goff. And while he made some terrible decisions, there's no doubt about that. That That, you know, potential pick six is one of them. And that interception was just god-awful. You know, that is something we don't need to see any more of. But what I did see is, you know, those big potential plays that we hadn't seen all year. That deep bomb to Cooper Cup to Josh Reynolds. That's the type of Jared Goff that, that we're used to seeing and that can be seen so i think it'll be even better once he has his weapons back not using that as an excuse but let's face it when you have weapons like robert woods and brandon cooks life gets a lot easier especially if you're jared goff so i i'm i'm holding out hope here and i think that it's a step in the right direction am i gonna jump up and down about this performance no because there's still a long way to go as far as i'm concerned
2: yeah
1: i think that's fair uh, i i don't know i wouldn't call it a step in the right direction i would say it's more of a, a lateral move you know i don't i don't think this is impacts the season better or worse the win is nice But, like, you can't even sit here and say, well, at least he didn't turn over the ball, turn the ball over. Well, he did turn the ball over. Almost twice. So, like, that's, (laughs) in a game like this, when you're, when you're pretty much asking Goff to be a game manager outside of those couple of deep balls, what you want him to do is not turn the ball over. And he he turned it over once, almost twice. So, not, (laughs) not what I would love to see out of him in this game. Um, before we get to the Ravens game, I mean, any, any final thoughts? You know what I want to talk about, dude. So, do you remember? It was in the third quarter, or third of or the fourth. I don't remember, but so we we got a th- we had a, a third down. We got to the one yard line. It was fourth and one, and we chose to punt the ball. And I believe after the punt was when the Bears had that really nice drive. Uh, in the second half Uh, it was when we came out came out of halftime so we come out uh we have the momentum we get to a third and one and or we get to third and three Gurley gets two yards barely gets it it's fourth and one but it's a short one and they chose to punt it from their own 37 with the way the defense was playing it man i hated that decision so much i think they should have just gone for it and tried to suck the life out of the bears uh we played really conservatively offensively in this game. There was multiple short yardage. Uh, we, we struggled to pick up like short yardage third downs, which was disappointing. Uh, I think I saw on Twitter that we, we went like one of eight or something along those lines in third downs in this game. We only made one third down last week. That's kind of becoming a concern and that's, that's a concern that'll be amplified in a game against a team like the Ravens where you need to succeed offensively to win that game because even if our defense plays well, you know they're going to put some points on the board. I just didn't love that. I don't know if you have any takes on that, but I just wanted to get it out there.
3: No, I mean, it It, it certainly caught my attention because obviously you want to have that ballsy Sean McVay moment where he goes for it on fourth and inches, and we didn't really see that. And I think that's more of a respect towards the Chicago Bears defense. You know, say what you will about how they performed last night. You don't want to give them the opportunity to, you know, suddenly emerge from their potential. And I think that was kind of Sean McVeigh's approach. I think it just kind of depends more or less the type of team we're going up against. And I think this was more or less the respect thing as opposed to you know let's say if they were going up against a lesser defensive team I I think it it was all about respect at that point and just trying to live another day and uh, unfortunately at that moment it didn't work in the Rams favor because the Bears offense marched down the field and scored the following drive but um, didn't really end up becoming a deciding factor in this game, but I have to say I am more like you. I would have liked to seen it happen, but I'm okay with it just because I can understand why McVeigh wasn't so confident, especially, you know, even though the offensive line did well, it's still a very young offensive line and, you know, mistakes happen uh with a young unit. So I think the combination of a lot of things is the result that we saw there.
1: Right. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about my bookie quick, and then we'll talk about the Ravens. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlay's are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Best of all, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you were to deposit $2,000, you can get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you're looking a little low stakes put 100 they'll give you 50 you'll be good to go with some free money just use the promo code massive late fee to activate this offer once again that's promo code massive late fee to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid all right so let's talk a little baltimore uh i watched pretty much this whole game on Sunday Ravens Texans it was an absolute dominating statement victory for Baltimore in this game uh, they are about as real of a contender as you could get in the National Football League uh, their offense is dominant uh, Lamar Jackson he, he is making as good a case of any for MVP I named Russell Wilson as my MVP recently but I, I might be changing my mind, man, because Lamar, he is doing some crazy shit. Uh, on the ground, through the air, uh, whatever he needs to do, he's doing it. Uh, they're, they have a great rushing attack, uh, with, with Mark Ingram, with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards even getting in the mix, RG3 occasionally getting in the mix. They have a good tight end, Mark Andrews, which is someone we struggle against. Uh, their receivers aren't frightening, so, uh, um, which honestly is bad for us if they don't have good receivers because we can't really – I think Jalen Ramsey can take Hollywood Brown out of the game, but it, it's not going to mean much because um, the bulk of their targets go to the tight ends. Uh, Mark Andrews mainly and Hayden Hurst mixes in as well. But our defense really – they've been lights out for the better part of the last five games that we've played in uh obviously we 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 played some bad offenses the Bears have a bad offense the Steelers have a bad offense and the Bengals have bad offense the Falcons have been on fire since we whooped their ass so I that's a great win and then the 49ers that was a fen- phenomenal defensive performance from us really when you look at what the Rams have done in defenses here outside of Tampa Bay which was a very weird game they played great uh Carolina Seattle put up some points against us, but uh, Carolina has maybe the best offensive player in football right now, McCaffrey. Seattle is Seattle. They're a damn good team. But I, I guess, what what do you expect our defense to do in this matchup? Uh, it's a tough matchup, but we have great players, and we have a defense that's playing lights out right now. How do you feel going into a matchup against uh, probably the best offense we'll face all season?
3: You know, that's a very interesting question because I feel like the Rams defensively match up very well against the the Ravens. I, while there's no doubt about it, you, you have the threat of a mobile quarterback, which is something the Rams do okay at from time to time. You know, comparing what they did with uh, Russell Wilson this year, you know, Russell Wilson had an amazing game against the Rams, but it was still manageable. And in all due respect to the Seahawks, the Rams should have won that game going back to that disappointing loss there. But um, I don't have sour grapes. You have sour grapes. <laughs> uh, the uh, I'm not that terrified of the Ravens offense. If I'm going to be 100% honest, you know, you mentioned the receiving core not being that great. And I'd have to agree with you. I feel like uh, the the running backs, while I'm a huge Mark Ingram supporter, I don't know if he can do that well against the Rams defense. And that type of running back, I feel like the Rams have done very well pretty much all season long. And like you said, really the only blemish the Rams have had is the Buccaneers, oddly enough. And, you know, basically Christian McCaffrey, who is by far, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. So when you put all that together, am I really nervous about the offense? Not particularly. And not to say that the Ravens' offense isn't good, because it is clearly a good offense. It's just matching up against the Rams' defense. I'm I'm a little bit confident here, just because of how well the Rams have played all year long. So, um, my personally, my where I get nervous at here isn't necessarily the defense going up against the Ravens' offense. It is the Ravens uh defense going up against the Rams offense. Am I am I uh overlooking the Ravens here, uh Steve?
1: No, well I think it's more competence in our defense too, and that we because of I think because of their weak receivers, hopefully, uh, and look, this is not this is not the Miami Dolphins, okay? Like Hollywood Brown's a good receiver uh and then they have some decent guy like Willis needs a fine receiver. Uh, it's just so uh, you shouldn't get beaten. Those guys shouldn't be the reason you win the game, especially against our secondary right now and how well they're playing. Uh if you can contain Mark Andrews, which is another position we struggle against, great. I think what you want to do is put have somebody on passing downs shadowing Jackson and make him make them beat us through the air and Look, they might be able to because he's a, he's a very he's become a good passer and they have guys that are capable, but that's that's your best chance to win because if he's running, uh then I'm scared. But I'm not I'm not frightened and I think the other side of the the ball is way more interesting uh because this is a Ravens pass defense who they haven't given up a 300 they haven't given up 300 yards through the air since Baker Mayfield beat them in week 4. Uh, they're on a six game win streak undefeated with Marcus Peters lining up in that secondary. It is a loaded secondary with Jim, Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas. Uh, I mean, those guys can ball, uh, Peters. He can, he can t- get takeaways. Uh, if Jared Goff is going to hand out interceptions like Halloween candy, you bet your ass Peters is going to take one of the house, uh, and, as much as I love Marcus Peters pick sixes, I don't want to see one next week. So I hope that doesn't happen. But uh on the flip side, the run defense has been worse. They've given up over 100 yards the past two weeks, uh, even to like the Bengals. So I think you got to approach this with the same strategy you had last week and make Gurley the guy. That's going to win you this game. But on the flip side, I'm sure the Ravens will be preparing for that, and they're going to make Jared Goff beat us, and this is going to be a big test for him. Uh, this is a defense that, in this win streak, yeah, they played the Bengals twice. Yeah, they played the Steelers, but they also played Seattle. They played New England, and they just dominated Houston uh, and did not let Deshaun Watson do anything I am currently sitting here sweating that I need 0.5 points in my fantasy game right now because Deshaun Watson got me four so that's how good of a game the Ravens had it and this this is going to be a really big test for for the Rams offensively and if they don't do anything uh we are not going to sniff the playoffs but if if they can produce even if we don't win this game uh if they can produce it, it'll be a good sign for us
3: speaking of fantasy football uh i am currently sweating also because i need damian or <laughs> i need Damien williams to not score any more points because i'm down a, or i'm up about like
1: seven points it's looking so good it's looking good. I'm watching this game right now.
3: So here's hoping because uh, I need to win this game.
1: I need I need point four points from Hunter Henry and Melvin Gordon, and I don't know if I'm going to get it. There's six minutes left in this game, so we'll see what happens. But <laughs> this game will be over by the time the podcast comes out. So back to the back to the Rams and the Ravens.
3: Yeah the we're <laughs> going if we're going to go back to uh the if we're going to go back to the way the Rams were playing earlier this season there's no way the Rams win this game and no doubt about it and the reason being is because you know while I think that the Rams offense is a lot better than what we've seen recently well well in recent weeks this Past game against the, uh, you know, this past game against the Bears, they they did relatively well, but you know, I think if they approach the game like they did this week, they there's a good chance of winning this game. You know, they they have to have to use Gurley, and I'm not talking about 10 carries or 12 carries. I'm talking he needs to get the ball at least. 15 to 20 times that should be the ultimate goal i'd be okay with more like honestly at this point if we if it's not a win now mode mentality then the if it's not a win now mode mentality the rams are not going to make the playoffs it, even if they win the rest of this their games there's still not a guarantee to make the playoffs which is absurd because that would be an amazing record, and for them not to get in. But we've kind of gone through that already. My my ultimate point here is if the Rams are passing the ball 30 to 40 times, this is going to end up badly. Especially because you know, as well as I do, that Marcus Peters is going to try and make the Rams' lives a living hell. So, and who could blame them? I mean... You know, I know there was no hard feelings technically, but in the back of his mind, you know that he wants to show the Rams front office that they made a mistake, which yep. I don't think they did. But in the back, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I would much rather have Jalen Ramsey. I'm just saying. Nah, no, of course. But uh, that being said, I, I do like where the rams are going here, let's just hope they continue to go down that path because especially against the ravens, you're going to want to run more than pass.
1: Give me give me the prediction. Whew.
3: I was actually trying to avoid this prediction because I've been kind of, you know, flip-flopping all week long as to what I think the Rams and the Ravens' results are going to be. But I'm going to go the optimist route again just because it served me so well last week. I'm going to try and do the optimist route again. A very cautious optimist route and say that the Rams end up victorious in this game and stunning the league with a 20 A 27-17 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Wow.
1: 10 points. I got 24-23 Rams. I I cannot. After last week, they proved me wrong, and hey, I'm going to ride them out. And look, uh, we're obviously both being homers and optimistic here, and the Ravens are the favorite in this game, and rightfully so, but... The the Rams can win this game. They have the talent to win this game. They just need the offense to produce and for Jared Goff to not turn the fucking football over uh, because that has cost us in a lot of games this year. And look, if we beat Pittsburgh two weeks ago, losing this game would really not be a big deal at all because it's a non-conference game. Uh, it won't really affect the wild card standings. It's just a loss. But now that we don't have that win um if you drop this game to Baltimore even if you win out you're 11 and 5 that the way the NFC is shaking out right now that is not a lock whatsoever uh the best course for the Rams to make the playoffs is winning out it'll take a lot but uh it, truthfully if the Rams were going to lose the game for the rest of the season it it should be this one but yeah, i'd rather them win out but i don't know if that's going to happen but We'll see. Uh, I guess my point is, I, like, unless the offense shows up and scores three points, uh, if we lose in let's say a thirty to twenty game, it's fine, man. It's fine. It's it. It'll hurt our playoff chances significantly, but it is what it is. And uh, if as long as this team shows up and competes and plays well. On both sides of the football, I, I will, I'll, I'll be able to live with the results. Uh, the Ravens are, are truthfully, they might be the best team in the NFL right now, and if you lose to them, it's no shame.
3: Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with you. This is why one of the reasons why I was, uh, I was kind of flip flopping as to my decision. There was times where I was thinking I might say the Ravens beat the Rams, and I don't think anyone would fault me for that. And I think the sole reason as to why I feel like the Rams are going to win is because they are playing in Los Angeles, which to me that makes the biggest difference. Say what you will about the fans, uh, but you know what? I don't think it's going to – I think it would be that much worse if you played in Baltimore where – the entire stadium is going to be filled with the Ravens fans. Oh, uh, it, it would! So, I
1: would not have picked the Rams if this was a road game. No way.
3: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. So I, I'm happy with the decision, and I just hope that they they prove us right, man.
1: Yeah that that would be ideal. Oh my God, Melvin Gordon just dropped a pass that would have won me the game. <laughs> Fucking Christ, man. Now he's going to come off the field. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to wrap up the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Ribe- Oh, Jesus. They're showing the replay. Follow me at Steve Ribeiro. He's off the field. Follow me at Steve Ribeiro. Follow Johnny at johnny 6 on Twitter. Both of us. Follow Rams Talk at TalkRams and look out for our podcast coming later in the week. It's going to be some preview stuff. For Johnny Gomez and Steve Ribeiro, let's let the, let's hear the opponent Marcus Peters.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
2: The NBA is back.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this left on?
2: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else is history still in the make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
2: The NBA is back.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this left off?
2: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else is history still in the mate. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.